Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening. Welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Scott. Hello. That How are awful, you? That was an awful joke to start the podcast. <laughs> she, she hears it. She's just in another room. She just... <laughs> She's too professional to come in and correct me. <laughs> That's Adam. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Cool. we got Justin. Hello. Doing fine. Cool. And we got Emma. Hello. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you very much. So, this week we're going to talk about the Bundesliga. Uh, we're going to talk about a bit of Project Restart around the world uh, and some other bits and bobs of news. Uh, luckily, only two pages of notes this week, folks. Um, right, so, we will start in Germany. I think there's probably only one game we can start at. It's uh, Dortmund nil Bayern 1 on Tuesday night, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, Josh Kimmick scored uh, a rather wonderful goal. Who saw this one? Saw the goal, that's it. 5.30 is not Tuesday, it's not Tuesday night. It's Tuesday early evening. Or is yeah. it evening night? No. Nah. When does evening end and night start? Well, when, I, I, I definitely, I haven't even finished work at half past five technically. Well, you're in the wrong job. <laughs> <laughs> We've discussed it many times. early afternoon game in Spain. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you watched it brilliant, right, some sense. Okay. Um, my my own sense of um, what happened was, and you could correct me if, on this if you think I'm wrong. So, um, Dortmund started very well. Of course, Erling Haaland had that shot in the first minute cleared off the line by Jerome Boateng. Um, and as well as they started, you just had this sense that Bayern was sort of playing within themselves, waiting for an opportunity to strike. Um, is that how you saw it as well? Well, I thought as well, but I, I got, it didn't take long for Bayern to, to recover from a relatively slow start actually a little bit of moment of madness from Neuer um, but uh, to, to me they looked well in control almost and there were periods that, that uh, Dortmund had the play but Bayern were happy to let them have that that play I think so especially after the goal in the second half wasn't it yeah yeah um, yeah what was Neuer doing charging at the end well, just the typical Manuel Neuer thing he gets it right most of the time um, I think maybe that that you know the sweeper keeper types might have a little bit trickier time as we return to play because that kind of thing really relies on on play to make sure your judgment your timing is is where it needs to be. So it wasn't a surprise that he somewhat got that one wrong. And he actually got the ball first. He just didn't get a very effective clearance on it. And then it was a very tame shot from Holland that, that actually went through. And he was he was fortunate he had someone there to clear it off the. Line. Yeah, because he did it again um, later on, didn't he? No, it wasn't the only time in the game he did it. Yeah, that, that's him. That's his game. Yeah, that was his 400th game, wasn't it? I did not know that. Yes. No, sorry, that's his 400th game. That was for uh, for Bayern. Um, anybody else see this game? You, sorry, Adam. Go on. What was your analysis of our analysis? My analysis of yours? You yeah. don't want... You... On that <laughs> uh, I think that uh, in the first half, Dortmund were maybe a little bit unlucky. They were able to um, catch um, Bayern Munich with some quick vertical play quite often and maybe a pass away from a pass from having, or at least getting one goal. I think yeah. they, probably, they probably should have had a penalty for the handball, which didn't go to VAR, which I think very peculiar. Yes, I was going to talk about that in a second after the goal, yeah. But um, in the second half, I, there was a slight feeling that Bayern Munich were in a 
in second gear and potentially had an, an somewhere else to go if they needed to try and force the game. But I I, I think that all things considered, Bayern probably would have been happy with a draw anyway. So I think that they were very comfortable at one 0 after the goal just before half time from Kimmich. Do you think they start, Do you think they played for a draw? Um, I I don't think they ever ever would have ever sort of played with no sort of intent of a draw. But I think they were, would have been very comfortable with a draw at the end of the game, remaining four points clear. So yeah. Okay. Emma, did you watch this? Uh, I only saw the goal, so my notes are goal goal was good by Munich or evil. <laughs> That's pretty much sums it up. Um, yeah, Josh Kimmy's goal, that was lovely, wasn't it? He's not exactly, I mean, is he renowned for that sort of thing? No, no. When, so... did, he become, when did he become a central midfielder? What is this with Bayern Munich turning right-backs into central midfielders? Is it Pep? It's, it's just what they do, just like, it's, the, the, it's, now, it's now the path you follow, the, the I, Philip Black role. Defensive midfield in football manager. Well, well done. Your... Is that in your weird four-three-three formation? It is in my weird four-three-three formation. Yeah, I've got Benjamin Pavard at fullback. You see, this is for Southampton, though. All oh, right. So this is all fully above board, isn't it? Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Southampton playing with yeah. First name, no name. Second name. <laughs> first name, Martin. Um, first. First name bids forty million for <laughs> Justin, the positioning of the Bristol Dortmund goalkeeper. Um my thinking was he was off his line by a few yards, anticipating a cross coming into around about the sort of six yard box. Is that right or did he make a howler? No, no. Um he, I think he was anticipating a cross. I think I think maybe because Kimmich was in a good shooting position and a lot of goalkeepers just like to try to get advanced off their line still. To, to narrow the angle and that leaves him vulnerable to a chip. Having said that, he got to it. He used his feet quite well and 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 he was have, there. He and, saved it, right? He should have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he, He's got a good he, chunk. He of got hand it. That. Yeah, he got it wrong with hand. He, uh, you know, a lot of people said maybe he should have gone because I'm I'm popping Twitter and a lot of a lot of experts and self proclaimed experts are, are quick to point out when goalkeepers make a mistake. I, I, I'm sure that Berkey himself would, would feel he should have kept it out, possibly by using the the other hand, his left hand. Um, but uh, but it was definitely there to be saved. He, he got back to it. He just, just sort of got it wrong with the actual touch of his hand. Okay. Um, can we say some nice words about Alfonso Davis? He charged down um, Erling Haaland in the first half, didn't he? He blocked that shot and, uh, and tackled Haaland. He's a cheat code. <laughs> he is, isn't he? I saw that floating around. Yeah. Yes, he's just ridiculously good. I mean, not only to run back that far, but to actually make the tackle legally in the penalty area as well. That's um, that's a pretty extraordinary thing to do. And we see Thomas Muller afterwards talking about him. I saw a bit of a bit of his flash interview. I didn't see all of it. He did his road. road he did his road running. Oh, okay. Yeah. I really like Thomas Muller as a person. He is. He is amazingly fast. He is unbelievably fast. But Chris, you said the important thing: having used his speed to get back, they still needed then a little composure to, to get a good tackle in and not give away a penalty. It's not enough just to be fast. Yes. Just a just question on Alfonso Davis. Do you think he is the best Concacaf player around at the moment? I mean, he's doing it for Bayern Munich. If you think about Carlos Vela, he's not lots of goals in, but that's for LAFC, isn't it? I was going to say him and Raul Jimenez are probably the top two. Uh, I would, yeah. I'm trying to think of any other person that could qualify, but Bailey by Leverkusen. Oh, that's not a bad show. Yeah, at at Dortmund, but he's yeah. he's got some developing to do, you know. I think you might be right there. Is he the best Canadian footballer ever, or does that still go to Paul Pesky's leader? Thomas Rosinski. <laughs> <laughs> going to say Owen Hargreaves. <laughs> oh, he was all sorts. He was German, Welsh, English, and Canadian, wasn't he? Yeah. He was a bit of all sorts. Um, yeah, come on, Adam, you mentioned that penalty earlier on, didn't you? So, uh, Erling Haaland shot the ball, um, and a sliding thing sort of hit his elbow, or just above his elbow. Nobody appealed for it at all, did they? And... 
Referee and VAR never and mentioned they it. They give a corner as well, so they don't think it hasn't hit him. Yes. Baffling. Yeah, I, c- I couldn't understand understand that not going to, to VAR. It was on target too. The shot was, was, was clearly on target and was diverted from that target by the arm of the defender. And both things so are to, to not even... There's, there's yeah. no claim that he's in, in anything from removing to an, a natural position. Unless Dortmund took the free, the corner so quickly that VAR didn't have time to check and then they're in the next phase of play. That's the only thing I was thinking of. I'm not sure that's how VAR works. Is it not? I wasn't sure. Do you, um, I mean, was it a penalty for you guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, think so. Okay. Emmer and Scott, was, did you see it? Didn't see it, sorry. I didn't see it. No. We're doing, doing our best Arsene Wenger impression. <laughs> uh, and uh, early Haaland is injured. They're out for this weekend for him. Um, they think he might not play. So uh, they are, Bayern Munich, are seven points ahead with six games left. This is done and dusted now, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's you, you, you knew it was done and dusted based on the name of the league. I think it was a real shame for the. This result was a real shame for the Bundesliga, considering they're the only show in town that yes. they could have really done with a a, a Dortmund win. And the the ratings wonders. Yes. No, I think you're right there, definitely. Um, but like I said earlier, on Hansi Flick, 15 wins in 18 games with Bayern Munich. He's turned them around, hasn't he? Since Kovac left. Uh, so next. Uh, Bayern are at home to Fortuna Dusseldorf, who beat Schalke 2-1. Um, I switched that game off at half-time because it was absolutely terrible. Um, but Schalke have been awful since the return um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they've not been very good at all. And Conceded 9-3, of... 4-0, 3-0, 2-1, 2-1. Two, on Wednesday night. Yeah, and of course that was the real derby, wasn't it, the first one where they conceded yeah, four. So... Then, they lost, then they lost at home to Augsburg. Yeah. Um, some talk about this Davon's last game, but they are now down, ooh, they're proper mid-table now, they're only above, above surface, so they've had a shocking couple of weeks. They have, I think, you, you, can't, go around, you can't go around firing managers, you can't introduce new player, new, new people to groups of... Yeah. <laughs> that's not... How are you going to do that? What do you mean? Well, everyone's got to stay, they're in their little, they're training their groups and... Almost oh, social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Magic, new coach come in. <laughs> turns up blo- <laughs> turns up blowing coach. his nose and everything with a thermometer in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Um, and Dortmund are away to uh, Paderborn, who are bottom, uh, but they've been Augsburg during the week. Um, some other results then. Leverkusen, um, they lost at home 4-1 to Wolfsburg. Now, Leverkusen started well the last couple of games, and... Kai Havertz have been banging him in, but then Wolfsburg turned up and went four nil up at um, at one point. Um, Leverkusen. In... Who does that remind you of in the Premier League? How do you mean? What team? In what way? That Spurs. Oh, okay. Spurs. Spurs. I've forgotten Premier League teams to be honest. They are Leverkusen for some reason. Yes, that was two thousand and two, wasn't it? Uh, when they blew all three chances of winning something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Michael Ballot lost the World Cup final that year as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a bit of a come down. Um, Leverkusen are away at Freiburg next, and Wolfsburg are uh, home to Frankfurt, who uh, they drew 3 3. That was a pretty decent game, actually. Um, Andre Silva managed to get on the score sheet for the home team there. Um, Frank down and 3 2 up before the game finished 3 3. That was a pretty decent one to watch on the highlights package. Um, Werder Bremen nil, Brussels Munch and Gladbach nil. So Gladbach next are home to Union Berlin. Um, Werder Bremen sort of stopped the rot because they are six points from safety and they've not had a good time, have they? And it's weird to think a team like Werder Bremen could get relegated when you've already got Stuttgart and Hamburg and Hanover already in Bundesliga spy as well, isn't it, Scott? Uh, we were, um, I think, on Twitter a couple of years ago, you probably seen about Hamburg. Yeah. And then the clock. It's, it's strange. I know they didn't start off the greatest, and and it's just it they just haven't been this good. I think 
for a couple of seasons they were just hovering above and then could this be the time now it could be I mean there's six points aren't they so they're running out of they're running out of time uh, Emma have you seen any of these games so far uh, no the, the only thing that I've seen this week is that goal <laughs> <laughs> I did, did if we go on to the Leipzig game I want to talk about goalkeeping for Patrick Schick's goal and I want to ask Justin about it yes that was the next game I was going to talk about so um, RB Leipzig 2 Hertha uh, Berlin 2 um, I have some names scored in this game wasn't there so Lucas Kloster Patrick Schick Marco Grujic and Lucas Piontek scored um, right... Christoph Piontek Christoph Piontek what did I say I'm thinking I got my paquettas and my Piontex mixed up. <laughs> um, so Red Bull Leipzig could have gone second with a win. Uh, they've only taken five points since their restart. They had ten men and they were two-one up. Um, so tell us what happened, Scott. I've only seen the Schick goal. Um, that's all I. Sorry, I lied. I've only seen two goals from this midweek, and that was. It was that. It was a low shot, and it looked like from the angle what I saw was the goalkeeper sort of threw it in. Oh, that one, yes. Yeah, he did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Have you seen this, Justin? I'm looking for it right now. What okay. was it? This uh, was... Leipzig set. Yeah. It's the low Patrick Schick. Okay. We'll let you have a look while we go through yeah. some of the other results. So, um, yeah, so... Uh, I can also say Hertha Berlin have been doing really well since the restart. Yeah, they have, haven't they? Because seven points they've taken. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> Who's, oh no! Who's the manager? The manager's gonna Bruno Labbadia. Uh, that's it, Bruno Labbadia. Yeah, yeah. Seven um, points he's taken, isn't he? Yeah. So he's got Piontek. All, all about Solomon Kalou, who broke stupid things before the restart oh, no. of the season, didn't he? <laughs> Justin, what do you make of this then? <laughs> I, I honestly, I think this is an own goal because he saves the saves the first shot, and as he's trying to collect. If anyone hasn't seen it, he dives to his left and he and he saves it, and but he hasn't held it cleanly and it's bouncing around his face area and he goes to grasp at it and he, he gets it with the backside of his right hand, pushes it to all and it trundles in very slowly and agonizingly. Um, but he's, <laughs> I mean, that, that's obviously a goal to the goal scorer, but it's really an own goal. Have you seen um, the view from behind the goal? You can sort of see his face as he despairingly grasps at it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, several replays there, and I kept I kept rooting for him to save in the in the next replay, and he never did. Yeah. Leipzig are another one where the sort of uh, the sort of gloss has come off the machine a little bit. They won five 0 at the weekend, didn't they? But they had two draws either side of that. So they true was it with Freiburg? Yeah. But Freiburg had a goal ruled out by VAR in the last minute. Yeah. Didn't they? And then they drew this game, but yeah, I saw bits and pieces of the game on Sunday. They were just cruising with no problem at all. Yeah, I know you probably want to talk about Werner and maybe seeing him in a Liverpool shirt next season. Oh, I was going to do that in a bit, but yeah, uh, I was going to talk about that because that's ties in with something else as well. Um, other results are Union one, Mainz one, uh, Augsburg nil, Paderborn nil, uh, and Hoffenheim three. Um, so top of the table is Bayern Munich on 64 points, then it's Dortmund on 57. Uh, gets a little bit tighter now, so RB are on 55 points in third place, and in, on goal difference only in fourth, in the last place, Munchen uh, Gladbach. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen are just behind them in fifth. Um, sixth place is Wolfsburg, a whole uh, 11 points further behind Bayer. Um, at the bottom, yeah, we were talking about Paderborn are almost down. There are 19 points there, nine points away from Mainz, who are in safe position, um, first safe position. Uh, Dusseldorf for a point below them, and like we say, Werder Bremen six points off of safety at the moment. Anybody want to talk anything Bundesliga before we move on to Project Restart? Just you and Timo Werner, is it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Right, okay, so um, some dates of teams getting back. Scott, I'll come to you first because League One and League Two. I tried reading about what's going to happen, and I couldn't make head nor tail of what's going to happen. So League Two, I think it was about three weeks ago, stopped the season, and I think they want to do it as points per game. So Vinage <clears throat> would go down, and the top three would be. But they're not going down, are they? Because of no yeah, Terry. Terry and 
this whole situation with Macclesfield and if they're going to get more points deducted and the top three would be Swindon, Crew Alexander and Plymouth Argyle all on points per game and I think League One have nixed it at the moment I don't know what they're trying to do I think it was Darren McAntony at Peterborough is trying to sort something out Yes, it's all going on a, a, a bit longer than they expected I think there's a board meeting on the 8th of June yeah and everyone's going to come with their proposals yeah. by the league should finish but on their system whereby they stay up or they get promoted <laughs> pretty much it, I think it, it's right to do it for points per game because what other way can they do it can they end the season as the teams as they are now mm. or is it points per game okay right other bits of restarting news so um Teams that have, or leagues that are starting this weekend. So the Israeli Premier League is back this weekend. Uh, Poland and Denmark are back this weekend, which are on Premier Sports Cup. Yes, there's a, is it two games tomorrow from Poland on Premier Sports? Yeah. So, so the, War, the Warsaw Derby's on. Yes, they'll be dancing the streets of Birmingham for that one. Um, uh, what else have we got? So in Denmark, there FC Midgetland are playing on Midgetland, not Midgetland, I presume. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> no, that's, that's my pronunciation. I was trying to figure out how to pronounce Michelin. it. Michelin. Michelin. Not Midgetland. Um, are they doing. I know, is it a team in Denmark are doing. Where it's, it's not the Zoom they, one. The Zoom, yes. That's um, that's Our House and, and Our House, uh, Randers. Yeah. Yes, they're doing it on Zoom. Um, the other one, pronounce it again for me. Midgetland. Uh, they're having a driving, so uh, fans can park oh, okay. in the car park and watch the game on a giant, giant screen. As they could do at Sparta Prague as well. They're allowing 300 cars to drive into the stadium and watch the game on a giant screen there. Um, so in Poland in two weeks, I think it's two weeks or three weeks, five are allowed to go in, back into the stadium. Okay. Uh, yeah, Israel's back this weekend. Serbia are allowing 1,000 people in. Uh, Hungary, you're allowed in, but you've got to sit three seats apart from um, your nearest neighbour and uh, Syria listed. Uh, so they've got a war and coronavirus there. They're still carrying on with their league. So that's uh, al Wathba 4 and Futua 1 which I'm sure is how you pronounce Midgetland in Arabic. Um, okay, so some of the other leagues. We literally, we literally have dates for the start of the Premier League. Syria and La Liga. And you're telling me about Hungary and Syria. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Because they start sooner. Brilliant. And now we've done that, I was just about to come to that. Um, so Portugal starting on June the 3rd. Uh, Emma. Mm-hmm. Spain, June, June the 11th. 11th. Start with the Seville derby. That's mm-hmm. right, yeah. That's pretty nifty, isn't it? It's not bad, is that? So, and I heard that you can watch it all for free. Yeah, boo. Love, <laughs> love La Liga TV. I pay good money for that. <laughs> <laughs> And now all these bloody plebs have it for free. That's not fair. Um, I don't know what's like 20 Premier League free. You don't hear me complaining. Hey. You're going to be able to watch 20 Premier League games for free. You don't hear me complain about that. No, there's only four that are on BBC, aren't there? Yeah, but there's also some other that are free to wear from Sky and BT. Oh, okay. So is that going to be on BBC? Is that just the FA Cup? No, there's games going to be... Hey, we're not unlucky. We're in Spain still. So we'll come back to... <laughs> That bit in a minute. Yes. All so right, we're doing. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> yes, the real derby starts. So there's going to be um, close. Yeah, there will be no fans in until next season, in okay. theory, if everything keeps going as it is. But we're doing five games a day on Saturdays and Sundays, and then I think it's three for the rest of the week. But hold on, five games a day, Saturday and Sunday was just a normal weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, yeah. So there's no but Friday night or Monday night ten, games. Ten, di- ten different kickoff times is classic La Liga. Yep. We're back to that again when we thought we'd got rid of Monday night games and Friday games. So, so oh, sorry, sorry, Chris, I gather there'll be games kicking off at 10 o'clock? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, in the, especially the in the south of the country because it's going to be very hot. Okay. Um, a bit of context to the um, to the Real Sociedad striker who I was slagging off for retiring too early. That athletic the... Bilbao. Was it Bilbao? Was it? Yeah, slight difference. Were you slagging <laughs> off Adarith? 
Well, I just thought. Okay. How long does it take that? You just don't have a hip hop hip operation now. Wait a couple of weeks. But I've now found out that they're not playing the game until they are allowed fans in. Yeah. So I will formally apologise to the man. <laughs> well, if he's listening, Justin, yeah. you used to play in some pretty hot temperatures in the States. Yeah, I grew up in Florida. Um, so playing in summer, I guess the last season I played, 1995. And, and of course, in the States, it's a summer season. You know, we don't play uh, FIFA calendar schedule. So it's not a it's not a sport that's well suited to extreme hot and humid temperatures. It's just you know you see games. If you remember the the 2006 World Cup when Germany was hit with a heat wave through through much of it, you see games being played at a walking pace and players losing more fluid than they're capable of taking on. Um, yeah, not not my favorite. No. This whole uh, thing's a recipe for disaster, really. You think? Yeah. I mean, Barcelona can only go back to training with the full team as of next week. And then, so what's that, two weeks before the season is due to start again and the temperatures are getting really hot. It, it, there's going to be injuries. Yeah, we're, I mean, we've already seen that just in, in the Bundesliga games. We mentioned um, Haaland being injured and uh, quite a few other players. The additional subs... You know that that there's some value to that, but it's difficult for the players to get match fit without playing matches. Um, I was going to and... say, Caps pretty do that, and is it really any different to the to them playing in August at the begin uh, in a preseason after? Yeah, the one difference is that you 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 know with a normal preseason, you can do a degree of fitness work um, with. Um, other players or professional trainers that these guys haven't really been able to do um, and they've been doing their fitness work but it's just it's probably less effective in a lockdown scenario than it is in a genuine team training environment you're right though it's I mean it's a normal break we were we were off for two months or so three for the Premier League players but um, I think it's probably been a little difficult to, to maintain even for the most committed ones the, the same level of training they would have been doing in a normal summer break so what sort of training you do because they're on a, in the premier league by bringing back in contact training aren't they so what sort of training have you have they been they doing did. there Emma? sorry they did that on tuesday oh, they started that are they sorry okay um what are they doing in spain Emma? uh they were working individually uh for the first couple of weeks and then they uh, started training in a smaller group with the coach last week so they basically I think they've basically been doing running and passing drills that is that with, with all this time that Dembele still isn't fit <laughs> he isn't <laughs> but um, in better news Luis Suarez has come back and he is fit and he looks thin Brake's actually been Good for him. He looks fit. So if you could send Martin Braithwaite back then. Because he no. couldn't get oh, no. he couldn't get an Acada delivery slot. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could still get Deliveroo. <laughs> yeah, but you could only order things that you could wash outside. <laughs> so who's Barcelona's first game then? Uh, I don't know actually. I don't think they've announced everything yet. Uh, no, well, I do not believe for a second that Spain is not a second. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no, there's no times have been announced yet. Well, I think it's against Real Sociedad because that's who we were supposed to be playing when everything got called off. So okay. I can only assume they're starting from the pause. Yeah. But this is so maybe not. Yeah, they'll do it like on the 9th of June, two days before it all starts. Yeah. Manana. <laughs> uh, Scott, Italy. Coming back yes. the 19th for Serie A. So that's going to be Atlanta versus Sassuolo. They deliberately chosen that fixture. Did you know that? I didn't, no. Okay, they deliberately chosen that fixture because um, Bergamo obviously uh, hit very harsh for um, coronavirus. Game, yeah. Game zero. Game zero. I listened to a 
podcast about early. And um, Sassuolo were playing the last fixture. I think it was against Brescia. Uh, that was Brescia, the last fixture before it was cancelled. So yeah. yes, they deliberately chose Atalanta versus Sassuolo to be the the first game. Um, Italia is back on the thirteenth, I think, as well, isn't it? Yeah, so they want to do the Coppa Italia 13th and then on the 17th, I think the final is not so long afterwards. Yeah. So semi-finals, both legs. I can't remember if they've done the first leg or, or they haven't played it at all. And do it, try and do it in two teams or a few teams will play in three games in six days. Happy? If it works, it works. Um, Italy was, was hit hard along with us in the UK and where Justin is in the US probably the three worst hit countries Germany done well in the last couple of weeks just hopefully they don't get no no surge in cases so see how it works out in Italy okay and the kickoff times as well there aren't they I don't know what the, the kickoff times uh, having watched games in Italy in August I wouldn't recommend it because it'd be about 35 degrees so um, it's going to be hot yeah no, I can imagine Emma, right don't, Emma don't Spain open their borders in July, uh, July, in July? Uh, yeah that's the plan so it, Italy open their borders in a couple of days mm-hmm. Spain open their borders in July <laughs> August for us <laughs> we're not far away from a <laughs> UEFA must be sitting there thinking, when are we going to play these Champions League in Europe? Champions League, yeah. It, it, haven't they sent a benchmark for August? I I thought I saw something about one of them the, being on played on the first of August, but I'm first of August, that. yeah. Okay. They said that they were going to move the final, though, didn't they? If they were going to play the uh, Champions League, because it's in it's supposed to be in Istanbul. Yeah. And they were going to do it somewhere mm-hmm. else. I, well, do you know what? Somewhere else is suitably vague enough for a UEFA. That, that's the most <laughs> thing they could say right now. <laughs> Surely, yeah, somewhere else is the best. Wait and see who the finalists are, and then let's decide where to play it then. Wasn't the Champions League final supposed to be played tomorrow? Is it normally the end of the month? I know the Euros were supposed to be in two weeks. Actually, the Euros were supposed to be two weeks today. It was 1st of June last year, because it was three weeks after the end of the Premier League place last yeah. year. When so last, last week was supposed to be the end of the Premier League season. Mm. So it could have been just in between. Could have been. Um, and then 17th of June, uh, the Premier League is back. I just realised the day was, back was the FA Cup final. And I think they announced it for being either the 1st or the 8th of August. 1st Sorry. of August is the FA Cup final. So June the 27th and 28th is the quarters, uh, with the final being on the 1st of August. And the Premier League itself is back on the 17th. That's going to kick off with uh, Aston Villa versus Sheffield United and Arsenal versus Manchester City. So are we all excited? Did you say Aston Villa versus Sheffield United? I did. And Arsenal versus oh, what Manchester a City. to kick off with. That's definitely a favourite with Sheffield United or women. Well, we're, still... we're not silly, Emma. We know that <laughs> watch the first game, no matter what. Yeah. So give them, give them that. Then when they thinking, when all of a sudden they're thinking, maybe this football is not going to remember it bit to be Arsenal Man City. Yeah. They don't encourage people to go to the grounds, do they? Always leave them wanting more. <laughs> uh, um, Manchester City Arsenal. That was the game that was going to be played, but was called off, wasn't it? That was the last fixture that was going to be played, from what I remember. Yeah, because yeah, Arteta. Arteta was out. Do you reckon that was a, a tipping point? Oh, I think it was. Yeah, I think it definitely was. Um, and I think if you look at the spike of cases that have occurred in Liverpool uh, since and Cheltenham. Yeah. Cheltenham Gloucester area. Yeah. Um, yeah. So are we happy about Wait, has, there, has there been a? Is, I'm sorry, has there been a decision made about where these games are being played? No. Uh, they're being played at home at their normal grounds. Well, that's the only thing that said that Manchester and Liverpool would have to play at neutral venues because there was something about Liverpool winning their title at a neutral ground rather than Anfield because the police can't police it. That's what even though there'll be nobody there. I saw that as well. Yeah, so have you seen the other movie? I, don't, I haven't seen anything about that, but I just assumed that I, I assumed that the, the neutral ground thing had been killed dead for some reason, and they 
No, I'm sure they're on about Liverpool definitely winning it. This is on police advice. Um, a, a neutral stadium. Is that when, not where? Both. I don't really understand why, because it's not like people don't have access to cars and could travel there if they wanted to go and stand outside the stadium. Yeah. You know that's, I know that's going to happen, don't you? I, I think you're right. I think it will happen, inevitably. Um, but what can you do about that? I mean, there were some fans that turned up at a Bundesliga game the other week and they were socially distancing outside. I think they behaved themselves. I think it might be a little bit different on the day that Liverpool win the title, I think. So I can see why they are saying play at a neutral venue. I don't blame the police for saying that. Sorry, why were they letting people turn up outside a Bundesliga game? I don't think they could stop them. But once they were there, there were police there saying, keep your distance. Oh, no, it was... Um, to Dorman Schalke. It was, yeah, it was that. And did I see it at Celtic Park as well? I can't remember if I saw I think I saw it at Celtic Park. Um, Is that when they were, were announced as champions and... Yeah, I'm sure I saw it there as well. But people, yeah, people sort of by and large behave themselves. But that's not the. It's not the point. You can't. No, you're have right. A, you can't have a rule that says twenty people can do it, but can two hundred people do it, or two thousand people do it? Rules are rules, aren't they? <laughs> are you going to travel up with your clipboard and hive his jacket? I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> no, can't stand there. <laughs> love to do that. <laughs> I'd love to be sort of click a pen in anger. <laughs> Get him a trundle wheel so you can start taping out lines on the floor. <laughs> and do you know what? I'd have absolutely flourished in Stalinist Russia. I would have been super. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so that's the fixtures that they're thinking about coming back with. Um, and they're talking about Liverpool sort of playing at the neutral venue. Uh, anyone got any Premier League comments? Are they happy it's coming back too soon, too late? Is it Rodini that it's coming back? I can't hear you, sorry. Say it again. Is it okay with Troy Dini that it's coming back? He's returned to training this week. Some people have been very mean about him. Kante's not coming back, is it? I don't think so. He's got a medical condition, hasn't he? Keeps him away. Yeah, his brother died of it not so long ago. Yes. Are they having an issue with players not wanting to come back? Or... I think only Troy Deeney I mentioned is has said anything. I mean, Serge Aurier and Kyle Walker, you're having sort of trouble keeping people like that apart from others. So, um... <laughs> but to, but if, if something if something was black, Troy Deeney would say it was white to be a dickhead. So I don't like that. Adam. Do you know anybody like that? I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he said it for very valid reasons why he didn't want to come yeah. back. I don't think anyone would have a, an issue with why he said it. Is it just a general issue I have with Troy Deeney as a human being? I know it is. You just don't <laughs> like him at all, do you? No. <laughs> um, but yeah, he said he's had a bit of abuse this week as well by sort of people saying he hoped his child gets coronavirus and all this sort of lovely, nice stuff you'd expect on Twitter. Um, there's, a, there's a line that's been crossed at that point. I will admit that. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you... It's very charitable. <laughs> Brilliant, I'm glad you admitted that. Uh, <laughs> Brendan Rogers has said he's been virus today. Him and his wife had it. Um, I could hardly walk, quote unquote, and he was breathless. And he also did... made an analogy about climbing a mountain with it. Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Let's be clear, it wasn't an analogy. It was a, a, a reference to him actually having done it. He made sure to work that in. <laughs> <laughs> It was very subtle. Very, yeah. bre very Brendan. It sounds like it might be up there as one of the top sort of grotesque things that uh, <laughs> that Brendan Rodgers has ever said, and and for Brendan Rodgers, that's an achievement in itself. That is a lot. You're saying a lot there, and I I like him, and I think he's a very good manager, but he certainly does invite the, the Brent comparisons. He's the he's the master of self promotion. If he was chocolate, he'd eat himself. So Somebody, somebody once said back when he was when he was Liverpool, if you look into a mirror and say David or Brendan Rodgers' name three times, he appears behind you. Showed great character. 
Um, anything? Anyone got anything COVID-y to say about Premier League or any of the other leagues that are coming back? Nope. Uh, I mean, I, I hope it. I hope it. I hope it works. It just it feels rushed to me because I'm not. It, it's coming back in places that aren't necessarily hitting the markers they said you know two months ago that that it wouldn't come back until uh there's very clear downward trends in new cases and new hospitalizations and things and and in some of these places that's that's not the case so they've moved the goalposts a little bit to justify it um and uh, obviously uh, hope it works out and that there's not, not new new cases because of it i mean i really hope it comes back for two games and then we can Cancel the season if Liverpool win them both. Would would you win those two games? I mean, can, can no, we imagine if we didn't. <laughs> this, this, this could have could have actually been done by now. Yeah, you know, had February. This is a little too much. Have to win though, at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm oh, sure terrible. they'll get it done, <laughs> but uh, it may not be two games. How many points do they need? Six. That's, that's six draws. I guess that's doable. <laughs> six, nil. six nil nil. There's still a few draws in the Invincible Scots. True. You're right. Uh, listen, I, I beat that drum all the time. I need it. Draws off the top of my head. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that fourth one is a horrible one. <laughs> yeah. Um. So are we still going to have an asterisk against our title then, if we get it? Yes. Mm. <laughs> you can't not. I'm I'm with I'm with you on that one because could get one with an asterisk next to it. I take all the asterisks in the world, even the obelixes. Um, I, you know, it's 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 interesting, Chris. I think I think it's almost good for Liverpool fans in a way. Let's say this in a best case scenario, this had never happened, um, and the league had gone on as normal with full stadiums, and and you won the league with all the attendant glory that comes with that. Um, I think you'd, you'd probably most Liverpool fan found, um, like most sport fans do, that when your wildest dream actually comes true, there's a part of you that has to acknowledge it wasn't as good as you thought it would be. And it's a little bit of a letdown. And, um, and this now insulates you from that because you can say, well, it's because it was compromised by coronavirus, because the stadiums are empty and all that, that it didn't really feel as great as I thought it was going to feel. Are you um, saying, Justin, that even even in a year when Liverpool are going to win the Premier League, that next year could be their year still? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ne- well, yeah. Yes, next year could be the year where you get the, you know, the open top bus through town centre with the crowds and all that. But I'm being full, but I mean, I've had this experience myself as a, as a supporter, as a fan. If you had asked me... 25 years ago, you know, what's the very best thing that could ever happen for a River Plate supporter? Beat Boca in, in the Copa Libertadores final. And it happened. And I was happy, but but mostly I was just relieved because I avoided the banter uh, that I would have got at being, being on the losing side of that. Um, this may also just be me getting older. And, and I watch football now mainly for the aesthetic pleasure. I'm losing interest to a degree in, in who wins and who loses and who I support who I who I, I root against so maybe I'm not the right person to say this because obviously passionate fans are always going to back their team and always want their team to win titles but let me ask Emma because she's she knows what it's like in <laughs> everything mm-hmm. um, first one feels it as good just as seems the like it's one. yeah all right I guess I'm a cynic well I know the only and... thing is with your river plate analogy is that is a build-up to a one-off event whereas this thing has been pretty obvious for some time it's going to happen so I don't know whether the it, that's a if that's a perfect analogy or not everything all the jeopardy was riding on sort of 90 minutes for you at the burnabout wasn't it for that river plate game yeah yeah but okay i'll give i'll give you a better if you think about um winning a league then in dramatic fashion where obviously a league campaign is 10 months in liverpool's case they're running away with the league so it's an inevitability uh but think about leagues that have been won on the last kick of the game the last day of the season Michael Thomas for one painful memory for you, Sergio Aguero, lots lots of examples from lots of different leagues around the world. The explosion of ecstasy of those supporters, of the, the Man City supporters when 
win a guard against uh, QPR, who had down tools five minutes earlier. Um, I don't think there's anything that can match that moment for a supporter because there was the possibility of completion without the goal. Mm. So there's the swing in emotions, the 180 degrees from we've thrown it away to we've won it. That That's hard to top. That's hard to beat. But um, I wonder now, like for Manchester City fans that have that lived through that, if uh, anything that they were to do in the league could ever compare to that. Um, like I know Emma, you said the last one feels as good as the first one, but but I don't know if it can. And if you win it as as City did in that case, um, it can. But but certainly romping to the league by 25 points—that's his own satisfaction. That's knowing you're the best, and there's no any one referee decision or goalkeeper mistake or anything that that got you the title. Uh, a difficult thing as a fan, I think, to to experience that fully, that ecstasy, and hold on to it, and then not measure anything that comes next in the in in the years to come against that standard hmm. the Man City one not a, such a unique example though but that's not not only is that one one of the most dramatic uh, end of season like title deciders we there's, there's ever been it was also the breaking up Man City of winning of similar to Liverpool in that way I suppose but like that is such a unique experience that even other clubs who've won things within the last in the last game of the season, like maybe have been successful for years and years up until that point. So that you're just adding another one on at that point. Like that was every bit that it could be for a Man City fan, right? That you had the drama, the product, the new era, all of these things all in one. Yeah, and I suppose a couple. Of... Maybe another equivalent for that is when Blackburn won the league as well. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, because that, that they were sort of bankrolled by Jack Walker, and maybe at that point in time you felt that were in his prime that there was a there was going to be a sort of power shift. I mean, it didn't happen. They got relegated well, like three years yeah. later, didn't they? And two years <laughs> later, they got relegated. Yeah. And then, based on that standard, we're missing the the biggest one of all, which is Leicester. So yeah. not the breaking of a duck, but it's an impossible thing that actually happened, and most likely nothing even roughly equivalent will, will happen in a in a, a top flight European league for who knows how long if if ever. Yeah. Right. We shall move on to other sort of news. So Diego Costa is gonna stand trial on the fourth of June. Do you know why Emma? Uh yeah, tax. I realised after after making sure it was a spoiler it wasn't spoiled for me, I just thought he plays in his most death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't declare, I think it's about 1 million euros of earnings after he moved from Chelsea to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. And he can face six months in prison, I think. How does this happen? How how do they not have tax professionals in their full-time employ to prevent this from happening, to, to, to save them, obviously, the most money they can for themselves, but to make sure they don't end up doing jail time? I don't understand they can afford it. They can afford to pay somebody. Because in the same way... That, because in the same way that um, a man thinks that he can drive from his home in London to Durham and then visit Barnard Castle, people aren't as clever as they think they are. No, you're right. But but in this case, in this case, they've seen others punished for it. I mean, they've seen Messi and Ronaldo punished for it. Nobody's hubris. above That's this, all it is. This, this hubris. particular thing. Yeah, I'm not going right. to get caught. Right. That's but the, ne- uh, the I, next guy will be. I think some of it. Some of it, Justin is without knowing the ins and outs of Spanish tax law is the nature of anything that you do with tax where you're trying to uh, avoid as opposed to evade tax is always going to like you need to be at the forefront of that if you're thinking about big bucks and if you're at the forefront of that you're going to be you have to accept that that's going to come with the potential to be struck down with legal challenges so you're going to have these sort of situations where it could well be a situation where this all comes down to interpretation of whether uh, rules were broken, whether income needed to be declared and so on, and that's how you end up in situations like this. 
Yeah, I just it's funny to me though because it seems like whatever whatever they're they're circumventing in order to not declare and therefore keep a certain amount of money and not let it get taxed. It seems like it could be so easily made up just by saying yes to something that they might normally say no to, yes to some stupid endorsement in Japan uh, to, to make up the, the missed income that you had to pay to stay on the right side of the tax laws. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Okay, so Karim Benzema, Gareth Bale, Isco, uh, Marcello, Danny Carvajal and Nacho have all been told they can leave Roma at the end of next year. So Football Manager 2022 might have a few interesting free signings you can uh, grab. Um Jude Bellingham has been told to, uh, or uh, Manchester has been told to expect competition for the signing of Jude Bellingham, uh, who is 16 years old, isn't he, Scott? Yeah, Bruce we're after him. Very so, good player. Very good player. Yes. Adam, you look like going to say something. No, 16. Leave him alone. Yes. What if? I've, not, I've heard that before. <laughs> That's why you're not allowed in the park anymore, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have to stand on the outside and push on the swing. <laughs> Social distancing at its finest. Chris has always been familiar with this idea of social distancing. <laughs> 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 it's been enforced by a judge. <laughs> I, um, I do it... think it could be a San- Sancho replacement if he decides to get caught by Manchester United. Is he more a... I think... It, I thought, yeah, I thought he was more sort of striker yeah. number ten sort of player. But you know, watching him on Colin Murray last season, he was, um, or for the most part of this season, he's very, very good, isn't he? And I just, I kind of hope he doesn't go to Manchester United. He gets a sort of few more years at Birmingham um, to sort of stay out the limelight. Have you seen some of the fees that have been touted around? Yeah. Wasn't the idea for Dortmund paying thirty-two million pounds? Yes, and he's on a youth contract. <laughs> but. What? Sorry, Chris. Why could he not go to Manchester United? Like, if you look at Daniel James has gone to Manchester United and had an impact, played straight away after coming from being a young player, making an impact in the Championship. Um, I'm worried about his. It's not about his ability. I'm worried about person. Whether he would. Um, it's a lot of money to talk about someone who isn't even a grown up yet. You know, he's still a boy. Um, I agree. I agree, but. What like what's the difference between well, how much older is he's not any old much older than Wayne Rooney when he joined Manchester United for similar similar sums? No, he's not. No, you're right. Um, but everyone is built that little bit differently, and you've got to wear on the side of caution. And maybe I'm just guessing he's. I'm just worried about his sort of. Yeah, it's almost like he shouldn't be able to sign players at 15 years old. Well, exactly. You know, the buying and selling of human beings for money is a little bit weird anyway as a concept, but you know. Um, what else? Oh, Richard Masters, uh, who is Premier League director, has said that the um, director and owner test, note I didn't say fit and proper persons test, uh, for the prospective Newcastle takeover can take its time, which it seems to have been doing, doesn't it? Um, very good football weekly. A friend of the show, James Montague, was on there with uh, someone from the Newcastle Supporters Trust debating the pros and cons of the proposed Saudi takeover of Newcastle. So if anyone's not listened to that, um, that's a very good listen, actually. Um, it's going to happen, though, isn't it? I guess so. But, I mean, the longer it goes on, the more you think, is it? I don't know. It's, it it seems so sort of almost signed and sealed about a month ago, didn't it? Do you think they put in for the football season to come back? Uh, they just put all of their whatever sort of veil they they'll work out where they sit and decide what what sort of mm. pretend veil they need between them and whomever to to have sort of any the the level of plausible deniability to get away with any of the accusations being thrown at them. Oh, I don't think advice. I don't think that comes into the. I mean, Richard Masters himself has said that that's by the by they're not sort of in at all. Um, no, no. Talking about, all, well, but the the latest story is that the hold up is being how bit is to do with the with pirated TV rights in Saudi Arabia. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um. So what they think they've got to sort of come to arrangement over that? No, they just have to uh, 
have something that distances the people who actually are going and being control of Newcastle United from the people responsible for whatever's going on with the the pirate TV rights. Okay, um, we'll talk about it earlier on. Uh, Jurgen Klopp is pushing the case for a fifty-two point seven million pound signing uh, signing of Timo Werner. Um, the reason I left it till here is because Kylian Mbappe this week has also said that uh, Jurgen Klopp is quote unquote a coach and said lots of other gushing things about him. Um, I get the feeling Liverpool probably wouldn't be able to afford Kylian Mbappe, but that figure of fifty two point seven million pounds is Timo Werner's buyout clause. Um, I don't because there was talk about Inter sort of jumping in for him, but they seem to have sort of moved aside later on this week, haven't they? Well, Inter, Inter are after everyone. Well, yeah, Inter going to Inter, but yeah, I, do Liverpool need Timo Werner? Yeah, they do. They do. Mm. Yeah, I think this is brilliant for Liverpool. This is this is just my opinion, but I'll say why. There's so many times we've seen dominant sides not evolve and how quickly they get overcome. Remember, it's just two seasons ago that Man City romped away with the title. Um, and you look at some of them were in that team that were pushing toward the end of their careers and and maybe recruitment and replacement of those players wasn't quite to the same standard. Yeah. And that coincided with, with Klopp putting this great Liverpool team together and getting them to respond under his particular man- management style. But... Um, uh, still one of the genius things about Alex Ferguson that it, it, nobody will ever be able to take away from him is how many different title-winning sides that he built at Manchester United. When he lost Eric Cantona, it looked like that might be the end, and they went on to have several other dominant sides. Um, so I, I thought the same as you, Chris. The first time he was linked to them, I thought, where would, you, where would he play? Because it's, it's such a complete squad with with all needs accounted for by very very professionals but but you know honestly some of them um i, I know you don't want to acknowledge the age of 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 your favorite uh, english midfielder but but a few of them will be a little less effective in, in years to come but it's more than that to say it's really important to have fresh hungry players come into a squad that's been winning trophies yeah um you know, so I think it would be brilliant for Liverpool to get him. I don't have an answer, a quick answer to the question of where he'd play uh, and who he was right away because, you know, it's, it, it's all their needs are accounted for at the moment. But but certainly there's going to be a, a there would be a place for him. He's a brilliant player and, and the squad competition will will ratchet up yet another notch. Yeah, I just don't think it's estimate the effect that has in a dressing room to see a player of that caliber walk into an already successful team. And everybody knows they have to maintain the level they're at because there is a danger of, of being replaced no matter how much you've done, how much you've won. Yeah, ages of Liverpool's front three. So uh, most salaries 28 in a fortnight's time. Um, Sadio Mane already is 28. And uh, Bobby Firmino is 29 in October. So yes, you're right. Uh, Timo Werner is 24, so he's got first years of his footballing career. Him. So, um, and if that release clause is only 50 million, 52 million pounds, it seems a no-brainer. Is there not also a good chance that at least one of those three players potentially leaves Liverpool? Uh, possibly. Which one? Mane. Yeah, Mane. Mane could go. To, there's talk of Mane going to Real Madrid. There's talk of uh, Bayern Munich for Bar Firmino. Munich for Firmino. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. You, yeah, you're quite equivocal in your money there, Emma. Is, is that sort of talk in Spain, is it? I felt much particularly interested in him, as far as I know. Okay. Well, they can have him for ka-ching, ka-ching. We can't afford to buy any of your players, by the way. I just need to make that clear. You already had your fingers we through it once. We cannot your next title. Was that, was that £150 million for Coutinho? <laughs> Who you didn't even... Back. Didn't even play on Tuesday. You don't want any more of them. They're already bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even play on Tuesday, I don't think, Coutinho, for, um, for Bayern Munich. I heard that I don't think Bayern are going to be taking up the loan option. I, I knew that about two oh, months after we went there. <laughs> yeah. I check the um, Leicestershire newspaper website pretty much every day because, you know, I work in local government. Uh, and there are pictures of Philip Coutinho's face on that website most days. So maybe he's going to Leicester. They've got. We're not going to get our money back. I'll, I'll oh, you're not going to get a hundred million back for him, no. <laughs> no, loan to buy 
30 million yeah oh no definitely you're not going to get anything for him uh, and as far as these Mbappe rumours that sort of seem to bobble around but I can't see it happening can any of um, any of you no. four no, no what chance. Liverpool yeah no can I, I was just going to ask Emma this you know you said Barcelona broke so how, how are they going to afford the 111 million for Lotaro Martinez <laughs> I was just going to mention that as well uh, that will involve a little bit of money and three of our players. So is that Rakitic? Rakitic, Vidal, uh, and I think Semedo. That was. But I saw that this. But we also want to give them to Juventus. Yeah, uh... I saw that being reported as that was done, and then so I'm just assuming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, why? Why 25 million and Rakitic for Miralem Pjanic? The only winner in that tie is Barcelona. And we want the um, the fullback as well. Uh, you're not winning. Juventus' that, worst player. Yeah, Matteo De Siglio. <laughs> yeah, we want him as well because we don't know how to do deals. That is bizarre. I mean, the Inter Milan transfer is bizarre as well because sort of Rakitic and Vidal. You might as well sort of open an old folks' home or something as with <laughs> Ashley <laughs> Young and Alexis Sanchez <laughs> and Nangalan. <laughs> Inter after Vidal after about six years. They've been wanting him since about 2014. <laughs> but Messi, Messi wants Martinez. So what Messi wants, Messi's going to get because he can leave on a... <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a ridiculous thing, is it? Because he's, what, 21, 22? So you get him, he's there for 10 years for you. That's not a bad deal. Yeah, I I mean, I think he's good. How do you think he'd get on in Spain? With Messi, I think he'd be great. Yeah. yeah. And he's defences and... Yeah, he'd be great, I think. He's such yeah. a smart footballer. His first year was like a transitional season, but this season, he's... him and Lukaku have just been are like chalk and cheese. Yeah, they seem to get on very well as well, don't they, friends? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Piero um, Asilio, or Asilio, uh, the sporting director of Inter Milan, yeah, he's mentioned this as well. So I think he said he would be willing to let that transfer happen um and he's also talked about uh nangland state scott tonali so he's a very good player he's extraordinarily uh, good isn't he i mean i do think un- you're going to hear a lot of sporting directors talking about yeah. transfers of selling players that they'll happily see happen because no one everyone's going to talk about players that will happily sell for huge amounts of money but no one's going to have any money to buy anyone tonali is a very hot young he's probably the best Young prospect in Italy at the moment, isn't he? So he's either going to go one of two. Who's the other one? Daniela. Yes, sorry, yes. He's going anywhere, really, is he? He's not been talked about as much. Uh, I did see that Roma said they might have to sell two players for economical rights because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic okay. situation. Maybe but tonight, so. he's a wonderful player. He's um, Andrea Pirlo 2.0. Yes. Just as good looking. If you say so. <laughs> yeah, God God gave him football talent rather than looks, I think, didn't he? But so, I've got a feeling if he went to Inter, he'd be wasted. He'd end up at Juventus anyway if he went to Inter, I think. He'll get probably wasted in Conte's formation because he's bought... None of them have sort of worked in his, in his system. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then last story of all, we go back to the Middle East. Uh, so, um, Abdallah Jabbar uh, has left Palestinian club um, Avi al-Khalil uh, to join Israeli side Hapoel, um, which is a move up for him in career terms, but not necessarily in um, national team prospects because he is a Palestinian and several Palestinian players have um, not been able to play for the Palestinian national team due to the decade between Israel and Palestine. So, um, quite interesting. Little thing, you can read more about that on babagold.net. I think I've lost Adam. You haven't even started talking about the A League. <laughs> I couldn't find anything about the A League. Uh, <laughs> that's me done. Is there anything else they want to mention at all? Jeff Hendricks been linked with Ace yes! Milan. I just I saw that. that yeah. How weird is that? Why? How? I don't, I don't. It's been I a Raiola, is agent I honestly don't know no more that's just bizarre yeah um, Adam anything you want to add 
No, thank you. Okay, Emma? Not that I can think of. Okay, Justin? Uh, no, nothing off the top of my head. Okay, uh, right, well, I'll do our socials then. So we are uh, Man on the Post. You can find us on Twitter at Man on the Post, Instagram at Man on the Post. You can like us on Facebook as well. Um, we've released several podcasts this week. So we have been Chip Manager podcast, uh, which had special guest Adam Hurry on from Football Clichés. Um, we've had more Pieces of Me episodes released, which is where you find your, or pick your favourite 11 players, the only proviso being that they're retired. I think Ross had a Leeds fan on the other day with Dave. Uh, and Emma, you were on. I was. Yeah, I My think picked itself. I think I got about eight of your players. So um, <laughs> yeah, if anyone's listening to that, it's incredibly Barcelona heavy, as you can uh, probably guess. Um, if you like what you if you like what you hear, you can rate reviews on iTunes, follow us on Acast, um, subscribe on iTunes. We are also on Spotify and on Stitcher. So um, Scott, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, at Scott underscore Monroe. Okay, Adam. MSA101. Okay, Emma, you're not on Twitter, are you? No. Cool. And Justin? At Keepers underscore Union. Super duper. Right, guys, thank you ever so much. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and always remember to keep your man on the post. Mm-hmm.